And we are live here per usual on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Here in November, what's up guys? Uh, Nick from P2W Fantasy here with Kevin on yet another episode as we are rolling through this 2021 NFL season. I legit can't believe it is November already. Um, we just had Halloween. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, how was how was yours? You guys survive it? Uh, get a lot of the goods? How'd it go? Yeah, it went well, man. You know, it was good. We did like the trunk or treat thing, which seems to be all the rage now. And uh, it's easier. It bounce houses, taco trucks, little, some beer uh, out there at the church. So shout out to my church for giving that set up. And then like you just hung out. And then uh, my kids are good. They uh, they wanted to pass out candy. So they actually did more passing out than they did actual like whatever. Um, and so that was cool to see that they care. They like to see the kids smile and they yeah. got candy. So I guess I'm doing something a little right. But yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. You know, it just kind of hung out. I didn't dress up. I'm not like you and all these other guys out here dressing up. I'm not a dress up or guy, but I did enjoy seeing the kids dress up. I, yeah, I'm still like trying to bounce back from the, I had the hand, like the handlebar mustache going on <laughs> for a little bit. Um, it was good. It was good. We had a Halloween party over here. We uh, had a bunch of friends over and it was more of an adult thing, but all the kids were here all dressed up. So they were running around. So it was, it was a good time. It was a good time. Uh, had some fun there. The wildest thing happened to me, though. So I'm pa- I'm the one passing out candy on Sunday because it's you know I'm I'm there with uh, my father in law and we're just watching football. I'm all dressed up as is, and I find out the next day that all the candy that Mila got, Chrissy decided to put back into the bowl that we were passing out. And we were left with nothing. So I, I got literally zero Halloween candy to, to take from Mila, who was not going to eat it anyways. I was like shook. Well, that's tough, man. That's a that's a rookie mistake, actually. I, I have that. I know I was taking the dad tax out pretty heavily. Uh, I had to work that off. Uh, and, and, you know, Tootsie Rolls, brother. Tootsie Rolls kill me. I, that's my thing. I love Tootsie Rolls. And they, they're just wiping me out this weekend. Well, uh, we'll be shifting to some some turkey, and um, yes. for most people, they're bypassing uh, November. We're going straight to Christmas time, but um, it even even further just kind of shows that we are cruising through yet another NFL season. Um, a lot of stuff happened this week, uh, random things here and there. Um, what we're going to do today, Kevin and I, uh, we're going to go through series of things, uh, look at some worrisome players, look at some guys that might be some league winners, starts of the week, maybe touch on some other topics. Uh, before we get into that, I want to make sure shout out fantasypoints.com. Uh, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group. Shout out to Triple Play, which Kevin is a part of as well, who who are the newest members of the Fantasy Points Media Group. They continue to expand a phenomenal team. Um, I feel like Kevin's part of this team as well. He's just all <laughs> over the place. He's I'm just here. I'm just yeah. here with you. I'm, I'm, I'm here with good people. That's what I care about. If I'm around good people, I'm happy. And you know what? That... Not to get too much uh, sideways here, but it kind of goes to show you stick with the right group of people, good people, you kind of go on the right path sometimes. And if you really yeah. think about it, like me, you, Mendy, Jacob Dunn, a lot of that, that core of like OGs, we're all on the right path, on the same path right now with one one uh, media group. So I think that's yeah. awesome. Um, definitely check out fantasypoints.com I'm on there every day to spitting out random stats, preparing for podcasts, looking at uh, rankings. All that stuff is all in one spot, fantasypoints.com. Go and subscribe. They have a discount, and then you can use my additional discount, 21WIN10.
So if you are tuning in, can't see the comments on Twitter, but love the interaction. So definitely uh, stay tuned with us. Make sure you guys um, uh, stick with us through the promo video. We'll get going in one second. Kevin, before we get into anything, I'm going to have to be accountable here. We usually hit pretty good on our starts of the week. Our starts last week, I said Marquez Callaway, and you said Kyle Pitts. Unfortunately, these two combined for nine total points. Um, any 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 thoughts there on on the starts in general, or either one of these guys before we kick the show off? Hey, uh, shit, man. Listen, uh, you know Kyle Pitts. I, that that surprises the hell out of me in terms of just like what happened with him. I don't know really what happened there. I, I that with Ridley being out too, you kind of would expect maybe that he would have got the the targets here as you would have liked. Obviously, it didn't happen. I, that's on me. Uh, but I'm not perfect, as we all know. We are not perfect there. Uh, I thought I was going for the layup, and I I definitely I definitely just airballed that one. And I thought I was going for like the uh, the good call, good matchup, you know, the targets yeah. don't lie sort of thing that I can like clip and in victory lap around. But uh, I'll be accountable and say that that uh, that Callaway call just didn't work out. And now their team's shifting around with the the Jameis Winston injury, and it's been a weird week with a lot of breaking news, a lot of injuries, things like that. Um, we'll, we'll probably shift into some things in a little bit, but let's start off the podcast today with uh, with worries. So. Players you might be worried about. And I feel like we we touch on this topic of, you know, should you be worried? Should you not be? What should be your response? I feel like we do that often because I think it's very easy to say, hey, this guy's good waiver pickup and this guy is a good trade target. Those are like easy um, actions to to take when you see some positive. Yeah. Things. When it comes to the negative side of things like I think kind of different, you know, setting the line between like overreacting, reacting properly. I think that's a bit tougher at times. So that's why I like to touch on it each week. So what I'm going to do here is uh, list the player, list off a couple things, and then I'm going to ask you, Kevin, and I'll, I'll comment as well. Are you not worried? Are you somewhat worried? Or are you a lot of worried? So you got three different tiers right there. And the first player we'll, we'll, we'll start off with today is Emmanuel Sanders. He had four targets for zero points this past week this is his third game under 10 fantasy points it was a big burner he laid the goose egg um manuel sanders what's what's your thoughts here are you uh not worried somewhat worried or a lot of worried i think you gotta be somewhat worried here uh just because of just how last game played out so you look at him they won by 15 sanders didn't really get involved though and when you're looking at the targets by team for the week like when you're looking here um colby's had 13 targets and week eight that's that's something I think there. Diggs had seven, so Diggs is there, and then Gabe Davis got five, and so you're looking at Emmanuel now being in that in that way. He's now the fourth. So when you're looking at in terms of the target share, uh, you, you got to be worried about that. And then at, at the same time, also that's kind of been the the you know Cole Beasley's kind of out targeted him now. I think it's three, four, four games out of the you know eight, so half. So you look at Cole Beasley's targets; they've gone up there. Stephon Diggs is out targeting him every game, and I think the Gabe Davis one—if he continues to get the targets that outshare uh, Emmanuel—then you got to be a little worried. I think that was a little misnomer, 
But again, game script really matters for these guys in terms of like how these how they go. I will say there's no really rushing attack. They play Miami, so it's like whatever. They got Jacksonville. That could be another kind of game script that's weird. They probably might jump out early. Maybe they don't kind of put it on like we've noticed. New York Jets too. So like I don't know how their game script's gonna look. I guess they could, but he's a really safe. He's he's not a really safe player right now. He's a he he is a guy that you're if you're gonna draft your draft or if you're gonna play him, you're gonna have to really hope he scores a touchdown. And gets like three or four targets, but he has a big, big, you know, breakout, thirty-yard catch, those type of things. Like I worry about him based on their remaining schedule. They have one of the, they have a pretty easy remaining schedule. That is a factor too, because uh, I, I don't think that they're going to be a team that pounds the rock ever, like forty-five times. But at the same time, if some other guys are getting involved, you, you said Gabe Davis, you know, had some targets, and I think that's where it becomes a somewhat of a concern if if his role starts to shift at all and maybe Davis starts getting a bump in targets or uh, Sanders ends up getting a, a step behind Cole Beasley too, too often. Uh, he was the wide receiver 23 before the buy. So he did have a lot of good weeks. Um, he had two games above 20 points, weeks three through six. He never was under 13 fantasy points, but I think it has to do with uh, your expectations because going into the year, I don't think you had Emmanuel Sanders as your wide receiver two or, or three, if you are in a three wide receiver um, league, but at the same time, you know, if, if that, if your roster is now shaped into demanding him to be your wide receiver too, then I'd be pretty worried. I think he's more of a flex yeah. play that has a good ceiling. So uh, he's a good example, in my opinion, of a guy that it kind of depends on your roster and what your expectations are. If he's a flex play, I think he's still going to be a good flex play. He's got a good quarterback. It's a good offense, but if he's your wide receiver too, now I think you need to start looking at, hey, maybe I need to make sure I address this position so I don't get caught in these goose eggs or these low-scoring weeks again. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think you're right there. It just that, that team is so hard to judge just based on how they're going to get the balls out there. I think that Allen, you know, rushing ability will, will hurt them too. Uh, and the one that you got going for you is that they don't give a lot of targets to their running backs. So you're really not losing it there. Yeah. What you're really losing it is, is Beasley's going to get 13 targets or eight targets or 10 targets. And Diggs has had an okay year. It's, he's been a little bit down compared to what people thought of him. So I agree. I'm not worried all the way, but I'm also not like, oh, no, it's okay. Like it, there is a somewhat worry with him because I think it's based on – but, shit, dude, rosters right now are a mess. COVID, oh, yeah. injuries, there's a lot of things. Like if you have a man, you're – I wouldn't say you're probably starting, but you're more than likely probably starting him if you, if you have dealing with that stuff. So I, I don't think it's a terrible play, but I do think that it's a it's a high risk play. All right, we'll, we'll shift over to another wide receiver, different team. DJ Moore, two out of four of his last games under ten fantasy points. Uh, the other two in the ten and thirteen range. It's a weird split for DJ Moore because weeks one through four he was the wide receiver four. Now weeks five through eight. He's been the wide receiver 31. So that's a it's a big difference in the split there. Uh, thoughts on DJ Moore? Again, not worried, somewhat worried, a lot of worried. Mm. So I'm I'm not worried with him because of the targets. So when you look at the targets, I mean, come on, the targets are ridiculous. He's already got like what 81 targets already this year. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty good. I mean, he had 8, 11, 12, 12, 7, 13, 10, 8. Like he's gonna get the targets. Uh, and you know, I even last game. So th that game again, not the greatest game for the Panthers. Uh, but I do think when you look at the targets, DJ Moore had eight, Robbie had one. Keith Kirkwood had one. I, that sounds like a country singer. I don't even know who that is. Uh, Shy Smith, uh, she Smith had one, and that's it. 
right? Terrace Marshall had nothing. And then when you look at the running backs, uh, you know, Hubbard had two. Amir Abdullah had five. So, like, realistically, it's still more. He's going to get uh, – the volume share is going to be there. I think it, it, what the, his usage is up. You, you got to start him. I, realistically, it's there. I think, really, when CMC comes back, that's when he's going to be better because I do think yeah. CMC just – just you know, he elevates that offense. Now, they just took him off. There's a chance he may play this week. I would assume he'd probably been playing next week. So, realistically, you're looking at DJ Moore being probably – he could be a league winner towards the end just because when CMC comes back, that offense just changes, and we know that. I I agree with a lot of what you're saying, and I think just – you know, I, I, I love looking at number stuff because sometimes – when a guy is underperforming for fantasy, you got to look for the perks that are surrounding um, what's going on for him. And and again, you mentioned the targets. He's had five games with 10 or more targets. He's number seven in, in receiving yards for the wide receiver position, fifth in receptions, and fourth in yards after catch. So he's he's doing really well in a lot of categories right now. I looked at player profiler for the hell of it just to see some other things. Third in routes run, number five in air yards. So, I mean, there's a lot of things around DJ Moore that are in his favor. And like you said, the team's going to get better when CMC comes back. And we've seen those good weeks with Sam Darnold. We've seen the good weeks. Again, weeks one through four, the wide receiver four. And if you look at the schedule, there's a lot of games that I think he can have a great weekend. They play Washington. They play Miami. They play Atlanta. They play Tampa Bay. I think these are good games on the schedule left to go that he can get back to being in the top five to 10 wide receiver just because of all those other things in his bubble surrounding him. So um, I'd feel it out in a league because I, I'd, I'd want DJ Moore on my team, especially seeing that there's a lot of perks and, and red flashing lights down the road for uh, him and the Carolina offense just in general. Yeah. If you need a wide receiver, that wouldn't be a bad, like a bad guy to go after right now uh, in terms of your leagues, especially because I would give up a first for DJ Moore. There's oh, nobody yeah. in, there's nobody in that category that like, Oh yeah. I, I, next year in that draft class. And, and we've talked about it a little bit. I wouldn't mind doing that. I mean, that, that wouldn't be a terrible, terrible play. Next guy kind of has some similar things going on. Just to seeing some excellent weeks and then some, some down weeks, but that's a, uh, that's Mike Williams. I'm sure we've never seen that before, up and down games for Mike Williams, but we kind of are right now. Weeks one through three, he was the wide receiver two, averaging 25.8 fantasy points. He had 36.5 fantasy points in week five. Then we've seen weeks with 2.1, 4.7, 3.9. The last two games were those last two scores, 4.7 and 3.9. So he's definitely cooled off. The weird thing with Mike Williams, too, is the targets in specific games. We've seen some games where Mike Williams has had 12, 10, 16 targets. And then we've also seen games where he had four, five, and and five again targets. So a lot of weird ups and downs for him. He was one of the hottest wide receivers to start the season off. What, What are we thinking here? You're not worried, somewhat worried, or a lot of worried? I think his I think his play has directly been because of Justin Herbert's bad play, right? Like, I think it, I really think it's tied into Justin Herbert and that offense not clicking. I don't think it's a talent problem with Mike Williams. Allen's been okay. So you saw what he had last game. I, but I think that Allen's talent outweighs Mike. We know that. And so, like, he can kind of get away with the bad play there. And he, I think he is looking at him a little bit. I think if, if that offense can correct itself, um, I'm okay. I'm, I'm not really worried about Mike Williams. I think he's going to, I think he had, he hit his absolute ceiling that he's probably ever had in his career at the beginning of the year. He's kind of come back to his floor, like a low floor that he's going to have. He's somewhere in the middle. He's a wide receiver too. 
But again, you you have to go with this guy just because uh, hey, he's playing with Herbert. He's playing in that offense that I think is very good. They're going to be competing down the stretch as long as he stays healthy. I'm not I'm not worried about him. They're going to get him more involved. They have to. I think the game script's been weird. I think that uh, Herbert struggles is really where this is tied to. So it's more about Herbert than it is about Williams, if that makes sense. Uh, and I, he's an interesting guy too. I know this we're doing redraft. I get that, but like dynasty value, he's weird because. He he hasn't got that contract yet. I don't know if he's going to get extended. So he's in this weird, like, I think if you're a contender, you've got to keep him. But if you're not, this is about weird time where you might want to ship him. But his value is also kind of low right now. So people are kind of off of him a little bit. So he's a very weird Twilight Zone kind of player. But as far as redraft goes, and if you can play him, I'm not worried about it. You mentioned Justin Herbert struggling too. And if we look at the last two games, I did mention that, you know, Mike Williams had – Really bad last two games, but looking at Justin Herbert, he, he threw 56.4% week six, 51.4%. Week eight, he had a total of three turnovers in the past two games. So um, maybe I should have put Herbert on this list. I know some people have had some rumblings going on with him, but sometimes we look so distinctly you know, at the – at the player that was red hot and then we see them doing bad and we don't look at the the bigger picture of, hey, like the offense is kind of struggling a little bit. I mean, Austin Eckler's safe, but Keenan Allen hasn't been really that hot this season either. And yeah. I, I think there's more than one uh, direction that this 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 topic's kind of going with Mike Williams. But uh, I think I think going in, you kind of knew what you were getting with, with Mike Williams. Uh, maybe not how high the ceiling is because we saw those games where he was going off for 30-something fantasy points and he had those big weeks coming in. Uh, but we, we, we've seen this in the past where, you know, if he's healthy, he's going to have those huge games. He's going to have those smaller games. So if you're, again, if your roster is depending on him to score 30 every week, maybe you're really worried because uh, you thought it was going to happen. It might not be so consistent. But otherwise, if, if you are able to handle him having a, a five-point week and then winning you a week with a 36-point week, then it, it is what it is. And you didn't, you didn't draft him in the first round. You didn't um, yeah. send six firsts for him in a dynasty. So for this, it kind of is what it is, in, in my opinion. Yeah. I, you know, we got hard hit analysis, baby. It is what it is. I mean, at this point, like, yeah, you roll. Like, it, like we just talked about, like, I think I, I like exactly. that ability. And you just roll with it and you go over there. But uh, I'm interested to talk about this next guy. So I, I want to hear what your take is on, on this man. All right. All right. Yeah. I'm, this is interesting too. So Kadarius Tony, who just just saw him tweeting out some <sighs> wild stuff, man. Yeah, tweeting out some stuff regarding uh, the Henry Ruggs news that happened the other day. Um, but Tony, thirteen point nine fantasy. Am I? I'm saying it right? Yeah, thirteen point nine fantasy uh, week in in week four, and then he had that huge ten catch, one hundred eighty nine receiving yard game. Uh, the next week for 29.6 fantasy points, he was lighting the fantasy world on fire that, that week. Then he went for 6.6. He, he, he missed a week due to injury at 7.36 the next three weeks. That was the next three weeks. 6.6, he missed, and then 7.36. I think he left uh, last game with like a hand laceration or something along those lines. Um, it's a weird thing because I, I feel like – I feel like – he should be rostered, right? I mean, if you look at the if you look at the Giants, they're banged up to a T. Sterling, uh, Stepper, Stepper, Sterling and Shepard. <laughs> I'm getting my H's and my T's. Sterling Shepard's got that quad injury going on. Kenny Galladay's got a, a new injury. It seems like every single week. I think the Giants will utilize him if he's healthy. 
And at the same point, what did he cost you? He probably cost you a waiver move in, in redraft. But I think the, I don't know. I, I, I have a, I have a really iffy feeling about him because I feel like if the targets are there and he's healthy, that's one thing, but, but is he a weekly start right now? I don't, I don't know if he is, is he a flex play? Maybe depending on your team, but I I don't think he's necessarily a weekly start for me that I'm going to start him on a weekly basis in my wide receiver slot and then move other guys out of my lineup for him. But I'm curious to hear what what you think about him. Tony, okay, so the Giants suck. Can we just make that very clear? Like, they are not a very good football team. So, like, they are bad. And so, like, as long as Barkley is – I don't – is he coming back this – oh, no, he can't. I got COVID. Never mind. Yeah, I forgot. I he, he, just tested, he, he tested negative, though. Oh, but I, he's I, vaccinated, uh, right? But, yeah. I, but, I don't, but I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know how any of that <laughs> shit works, but maybe I should. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, think, I think if he gets another one in 28 hours, he can play or whatever. So – but, again, he's injured or whatever. Until Barkley come back, I think they're all very limited. That team's really bad. And in, what does that say about the Chiefs? I don't want to go on a tangent, but I, I, I was coaching – and then I, I checked the scores, and I'm like, what the hell is going on with the Chiefs? How are they not blowing up the Giants? But I think both these offenses, especially the Giants' offenses, is really bad. I, again, I'm with you on that. Like, I think Tony is, you know, he he's a guy that I wouldn't be moving guys out of my lineup for. So he's not someone that I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to start Tony. I guess if you're in a pinch, you're in a deeper league, I get it. But that ankle injury is a real thing. It can be re-aggravated very easily. Uh, they had him returning punts, I think, in, in, in that game. And so, yeah. like, that could also – like, is that a good thing for him? Daniel Jones is just bad. Um, I think we need to chill on the, the Tyreek Hill comparisons, like everybody oh, else. God. Can we please yeah. just stop? Like, how, many, how many guys just, – just, just on a side note, how many guys have been compared to Tyreek Hill across the last, like, two seasons? I feel like every rookie draft class, there's, like, two guys that come out – and all these 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 guys that dive into some of the stuff, they're like, this guy is just like Tyree Kill all the time. Like, I, why why is he the go to comparison? I don't I don't get that. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I I do have a tweet from September. I remember I tweeted it out because I forget who they were talking about. Tyree Kill was it was somebody in September, so it wasn't Tony. It was somebody else, uh, and I, I can't. Oh, probably Rondale Moore. That's who it was. I, and I, I, and I, I saw that. One of my yearly traditions, my favorite yearly traditions in fantasy is when Tyree Kill gets used for a comparison. And I've said there are never going to be another Tyree Kill. He's just one of a kind. Like, that's just is what it is. And so I think we got to get off that train. Tony's got some maturing to do, and he's got some definitely some issues within that offense. I'm not, I won't start him if I have other options. I'd rather start Tyler Boyd. I'd rather start some of these other guys that are more safer floors. I think that Tony's floor is not that safe. It's very volatile. So if you're if you're a consistent team and you like to score 10 points, I would go with Boyd. He's just such a weird it's just yeah. He's a weird I, guy I think too. I think we're on the same page where it's a it's a flex play and people want it to be something more right now and until I mean, he's getting banged up every game, too. I hope that changes. I, I know it's just oddball things in the games, but I hope that changes, too. Uh, another rookie. This one's been – this is another guy that's been under expectations because we saw last year, we saw guys, you know, C.D. Lamb and T. Higgins and Chase Claypool, some of these guys, and Justin Jefferson that had big rookie seasons, like inside the top 25 for the wide receiver yeah. position. I think that this next guy – had that expectation of potentially be like a top 25 to 30 wide receiver. And he's, he's, he's not right now, but 
Uh, Devonta Smith, you know, former Heisman Trophy winner, uh, 5.1, 11.1, 2.5 fantasy weeks the last three. Two of those were for four or less targets. So kind of kind of iffy there. He's had he's had games though where he's had eight, seven, ten, and then two games with nine targets. I I, I think, and I just went through the same thing with with uh, the last guy. But I feel like he went from being a wide receiver, and when I say wide receiver two or, th- or three, I mean just in your in your lineup. So if you got a a three wide receiver um, league, he, he was your wide receiver two or three potentially. You know that was some expectations, and now. You're maybe putting him in your flex, but I I, I see people all the time now uh, in redraft league kind of benching him right now, uh, just because of those low weeks. But what's your thoughts here uh, as far as levels of being worried with Devonta Smith? You know, to me, it's a it's a, it's a Jalen Hurts problem, and I'm not a Jalen Hurts guy, but I do think that offense tends to lead itself to rushes a lot. Like against the Lions, I think they only threw the ball 14 times. Like I think it was something like that. Like so, when you're looking at that kind of game script that you have, you're going to see a lot of RPOs. You're going to see a lot of read options, especially with Sanders being out, how they're using them. And I just think that, you know, I think Dallas Goddard had the most uh, targets this last game that you saw. Um, oh, I should look because I'm, I have it up. I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, so you had seven. So you're looking at that and, and you're looking at that perspective. I do think they're going to go to the tight ends a little bit more. Uh, obviously, Goddard's there. I know Zach Ertz is gone. But even then, you expected a bump, but it's not there. And I just don't think that their offense is set up with that quarterback situation to get the ball to the receivers. I, I don't I don't trust it. I just don't trust that offense when he's in. I do think – I'm not as worried – I'm not that worried. I do think that if they get into games where they're going to be, they're bad. I mean, realistically, we could really see them move on from Jalen Hurts this season and not like move on in terms – maybe they give Minshew a little bit of run – Maybe not. I mean, they're playing the Chargers. They play Denver, New Orleans. Those, you know, they're not, those are not easy games right there. But during week 12 and week 13, they got the Giants and the Jets. So you're looking at like a guy that you're going to hold on to because realistically, right before the playoffs, you're going to have a pretty good, pretty good run here with Devonta Smith being in. And in the playoffs, they play Washington, whose defense isn't great, the Giants and Washington. That's yeah. a good stretch. So yeah. realistically, if you can get in with the playoffs, I, if you're in that bad position, then then I then I'm going to keep him and I, I'm going to play him in those games. I think that's a good point. I th- I think it's going to come down to obviously who else you have for one, but for two, you know, looking at some of those games, maybe maybe in some games you feel might be a similar game script to the Lions, which probably is not a ton because you know Philadelphia beat their ass in that game. But yeah. um, I don't I don't know if there's tons of guys that you can juggle around that might have the 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 weekly potential to have, you know, eight or 10 targets, you know, something like that. So if, if, if the game makes sense, then I'm plugging them in. Otherwise, if you can sway and kind of wait till the right times, I think easier said than done, but that might be the option right now. Uh, But again, when you're looking at the waivers and trying to bulk your wide receiver room, got to look at the targets. I mean, targets, they go up and down sometimes, but if they can get up to, you know, to 10 or to seven or eight on a given week, when the games make sense, I think that's when I'm probably going to still play him. Um, at least flex him just because we've seen some decent games. He's had some good games this year. Um, I looked earlier, I forgot what the, what the actual, uh, the range was, I'm pretty sure he had like two 19 point fantasy weeks and then like a 20, or no, he didn't have a 27. He had two games in the 19 range and then a game in the 14 ish, almost 15 range. So he can get there, but in those games, that's when he had the, uh, the high target. So against Atlanta, against Kansas city, 
against Carolina. So those games make sense. And uh, like you said, that playoff schedule is pretty juicy. Uh, and they play the Giants twice, which I think are, are two <laughs> good weeks too. So uh, not to keep knocking on the Giants here. Um, Chase, yeah. Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool, if we shift things over. He's been, he's been a little under expectations too, I think, for some people because a lot of people thought, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster is out of the mix. Now it should be Deontay and, and Chase Claypool. He had that big game in week five when Juju, you know, exited. He had 24 fantasy points. But the last two games without Juju have been 3.7 and 10.1 fantasy points. If you look at some other guys on the team too, this is interesting. Big Pat, the rookie tight end. He out-targeted Claypool 14-12 to 12 the last two games. Claypool has only saw two more targets than Najee in the last two games. So he's like right in the mix with, with the tight end and the running mm -hmm. back instead of being that clear second option in the offense. Uh, are, are you worried about Chase Claypool's production going forward here? Or what, what, what's your thoughts here as far as uh, levels of being worried about this? Yeah, I think it's the same thing as Smith. I mean, Claypool's quarterback sucks, right? <laughs> like – Big Ben is not good, and so it, it's painful to watch him throw the ball. Like but he lost painful. weight in the offseason. He did. Uh, I lost weight in the offseason. It doesn't mean I'm any better than I All had right. before. Like, All right, fair he, enough, fair he, enough. He, he, he just – it's pain. that offense is painful. The only person I want that offense – well, I guess there's two. Deontay Johnson, obviously, and he's putting up wide receiver one numbers, and Najee Harris, right? But Najee Harris get those targets there too, and, and he's going to get that usage there. They're going to lean on him. I don't – you know, I don't know how good – Claypool is in terms of just I think he's athletic I think he's one of those athletic people on that field yeah. but you know they haven't been dialing up a lot of the different ways to get him the ball so he's having to kind of get open himself create separation he watched the film he's just not doing that now that's probably a combination of Ben not being able to get him the ball and at the same time the offense not really catering to him and I don't think it should it should cater Deontay and Najee we know that uh, but again, I, I am worried. I am very worried with Claypool and it's coming down to the point. Like, who would you rather, would you do? Are you, I, if you're starting him every week, yeah, I think you're struggling in your leagues. If you had to start one of the last two guys, I'm putting you on the spot here, Devonta Smith or, or Chase Claypool, is it dependent on who the opponent is or do you prefer one guy over the other? In PPR? Yeah. I take Devonta. I think, I think I'd rather have Devonta, um, Knowing that if I had to start, knowing that basically Devonta is really the wide receiver one, right? Like in real, real realism, like is, I mean, I know that and Rieger is uh, hurt now, I think. Yeah, and Not so that that's just, a big impact, but I'm just hey man, Jay Rieger coming back, he's gonna be that three year breakout, hopefully. There you uh, go. But no, I would say I, I think Devonta, just based on hey, he's the wide receiver one on that team, they have that option. I think I'd, I'd go that way. Uh, Claypool is just you know. Claypool. Uh, I don't. I don't see him being. He's a third target share, and he, and Pat Fryermuth is doing better than him. Like in terms of just, hey, are they looking his way? So give me Devonta just in that scenario. Do you, do uh, another side note. I, I Pat Fryermuth, he's he's having some good targeted games. Yes, I mean, yeah. I think I think he's a good uh, he's a good stream if you got a guy out or uh, you know your guy's injured or whatever the case is that you need to plug and play a guy because. Um, you don't see guys at the tight end position consistently getting targets. And I think, um, you know, obviously we're not going to say, well, oh, well, he pushed Eric Ebron aside. Like, that's the big thing. No, like the big thing is 14 targets in two games and um, he's getting looks in, in the red zone. I think he's actually a pretty good play, but Chase Claypool, yeah. not a terrible, you know, person to have in your lineup. 
but I, I, I think that with the opportunity at hand, you just expected more. That's, that's, that's yeah. my whole thing. I think people expected Ben to bounce back and he yeah. just didn't do that. And that line's okay, but they're banged up. But at a certain point, like Ben's not who you think he is anymore. So I think he's a volatile asset. I think Claypool's a vol- very, very volatile asset because who knows who they bring in next year too for dynasty. Might be, uh, I saw somebody say something about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers going everywhere. Yeah. Oh, he's he's not going to take the field this week. That's 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 one thing. Not not making a a joke about that, but that's uh, actual actual news. <laughs> actual news. Uh, Antonio Gibson supposed you know he was supposed to be the uh, the next CMC according to some people in preseason uh, weeks six through eight. Antonio Gibson has been the RB42 because of scoring that looks like 4.4, 7.6, 8.4 fantasy points. The touches in his last three games. So I'm just kind of getting into what I'm concerned about because I do have some concern. I, I think that I think he has the ability to have some some big games, but what he's lacking right now is, is involvement. Uh, the yeah. touches the last three games, 12, 16, and 11. And when you look at who you want – what you want out of your out of your running backs, it's it's to have a, a decent, a high level of touches, and to have uh, under thirteen touches and two out of the last three weeks. You know, I, I don't know if it has to do with that that shin issue that he's had before, but he's not highly involved in the passing game. He's not getting a ton of rushes weekly here. I, I do have some concern for him. Uh, he is on a bye, so maybe things will sort themselves out. You know, after the, this bye week, but. Until I start seeing touches above that, like fifteen range, then then I'm I'm not getting it right now. I I I think that I'm a little bit nervous right now. If I really need him to produce, what his production is going to be like, and I don't I don't think he's like a bench. You got to bench him necessarily, but I don't know. He's had terrible weeks the last three weeks, so I think this this week after this bye week right now for Washington is going to be extremely telling of Antonio Gibson, but uh, curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I'm worried as hell uh, for Antonio Gibson, just cause that, you know, everything you mentioned is good. I mean, you're a pretty smart guy. Uh, and I think that injury is, you know, that injury is legitimate. And I think, um, I don't know. Was it like just the off season people saying he's going to be the next CMC that made everybody his ADP go up. Uh, there are a lot, there was a lot of analysts that I know that, really tied themselves to him and i think that's a bad thing to do you got to be very careful with tying yourselves to prospects unless it's deandre swift because we got that one right oh but in but in the in reality you gotta be very careful with take locks and and hey this is my brand i'm a gibson's you know truther like i think there was some things that you needed to understand about gibson as a running back and and in reality there's a concern too like hey I know everybody makes fun. He only had like 32, 33 carries or whatever in his college. That's a real thing. And last year he did okay, but he didn't have like incredible usage. He had a very okay rookie season and everybody expected that next jump. He didn't do that. He's been injured. Obviously that injury has, has prolonged that. Uh, that's a real thing. I am worried about him this year. I really am. And I have him on a, on a dynasty roster and uh, he's almost, I didn't start him last week. I actually started McKissick and Michael Carter over Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Uh, and it worked out. I got yep. lucky, but I was worried about that leg and I'm really worried about his injury and his usage. And so I, I am incredibly out of everybody on this list. 
he's probably the guy I worry about the most based on ADP and value preseason. And like, damn, if you're if you have him on your roster, you're really hurting right now. Just by you probably reach what second round, third round. He was routinely going ahead of Swift. Gibson was routinely going yeah. ahead of Swift. Yeah. So when you're looking at how you compare those guys, I mean, I'm I'm a lot worried about him this season. I don't think he's going to be the same it, unless that injury is okay. And that, but I, I I just worried about it. I, overall, I'm just if you have better options, you get better options. I really like that point about like the cost of, of what it took yeah. to get him on your team. Because a lot of these guys we mentioned earlier, um, Emmanuel Sanders, free. Mike, Mike <laughs> Williams. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they were for free or later. I mean, Kadarius, uh, it's, it's different when it comes to him. I'm trying, I was trying to look up his, uh, his ADP for, for fantasy pros. He was the RB 12, it says, um, out of draft. So you mentioned Swift. Swift was the RB 18, uh, not just to compare just those two guys, but RB12, that's a, that's a good investment right there. So you you can really get burned if he continues to have weeks mm-hmm. where he's not touching the ball enough. So after the bye week, if he comes out and he's getting 11 touches, I think he's got to go straight to your bench. He has to yeah. because he's not getting touches as a running back, and that doesn't make sense to me to keep pl- uh, plugging in a guy like that. If you can't get touches in a running back, you, what are you doing? Like You got to get t- you got to get touches. And if he's not doing that, then that's probably an injury problem. That's a problem. Yeah, I think that that for me, just, I mean, it sounds like elementary and stuff, but wide receivers and tight ends, targets. Running backs, touches. That's what I'm looking for uh, out of my guys. Obviously, you want efficiency and, and, you know, certain metrics, but just comes down to that for the running back position. Um, speaking of, you know, uh, speaking of, Swift, I, I'm going to shift over to uh, a different topic here as we get away from the worrisome stuff. Let, let's go to the uh, the the recent news because uh, Swift has Jamal Williams, and I thought Jamal Williams actually would have been a nice trade target for the Titans, but uh, I was I was a bit surprised, and I just want to touch base with you on any recent transactions, trade deadline news, which was pretty much nothing, um, anything that's going on. But the one thing that stands out to me. And maybe I'm just not, not on the right page, but I was surprised that the Titans jumped the gun and, and, and signed Adrian Peterson so early because I think that he's still going to be a guy that can can do his job. But I was mm-hmm. so surprised that with the trade deadline that they made not you know no attempts to maybe make a move for, for somebody else. Uh, I, I guess they had the confidence there. Uh, they do have that second-round draft pick from the Falcons that they got in the Julio deal. I think they got a couple later draft picks from the Dolphins, the Panthers, Giants, uh, and a bunch of picks in between. Um, you know, Adrian Peterson, he had five games last year or 14 plus carries. So I guess he can handle, you know, somewhat of a workload. But for me, I, I was surprised that they didn't make any any effort to go after anybody. I know, you know, the fantasy world wanted them to go get Melvin Gordon and, you know, this guy and that guy. But yeah, were you. Uh, any any thoughts on on their move uh, being a contender this year? The Titans are a contender with their with their record at least. I mean, they're a contender all around. They're aging quarterback. I mean, I don't know what aging is anymore. Tom Brady made me rethink my life. But yeah, I we're mean, all they, aging here. You got yeah, Tannehill's aging. You got Julio, who's the guy. I feel like Julio's been on the on the injury report for five years. Uh, then you got you know AJ Brown's turning it on. That offensive line looks a little bit better. Like they, it looks like they they kind of figure out their their issues. Their defense is playing better. Like they got to go for it. And like I mean, I could bring out my guy. I was surprised that Melvin Gordon didn't get moved anywhere. Now, 
I want to temper that by saying I'm not like fantasy Twitter that thinks that running backs can just get traded wherever they want, like Madden. Uh, but And I think the reason why Gordon didn't get moved is I think they had to give up a draft pick, and then they had to pay $4.6 million of his salary. Yeah, That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money in terms of for a running back, especially right now in the season, based on salary cap issues. And I think what I read was that was unlikely for them to do just because they didn't want to pay that salary. But, hey, you got to go for it. Is Adrian Peterson really the answer? I think it's McNichols. I, I think it is, and I think people really overplay the Adrian, Adrian Peterson thing. So I like the McNichols era, but I did, again, for fantasy, I don't see that being a big deal. Maybe if he scores a touchdown, you're looking at 50 yards and a touchdown, right, for both those guys. If Peterson yeah. gets a start, you're hoping he just plunges that stupid one-yard rush that he's been doing for, like, the last three years, and he gets that touchdown. Uh, but, yeah, I was surprised with the Titans. But, really, the Titans are kind of screwed. Maybe, you know what, maybe the Titans would have went after, like – you know, um, what's his face that went, oh, I can't Mark Ingram instead of the saints, maybe had this happened a little bit prior. If yeah, maybe that was available, that, that maybe would be a better option. Cheaper contract. I think it was like one point something million uh, or two, somewhere around there. You have him for one year. It's easier. So I think maybe that's the way I don't see Adrian Peterson being the, the answer. I just don't, but TBD, TBD, I guess, but they're going to throw I, a shit out of the ball, right? Yeah. Like, I think this helps yeah. Tannehill. If you have Tannehill yeah. now, you're happy because I think that you're going to see 30, 40 passes this next week. And, and McNichols, who you, who you uh, mentioned, I, I know earlier during the year, he had like that eight catch game. So he can, he can catch the ball. So that's the perk for him is if he's getting some, some touches and it's, it's receptions for PPR leagues then I think that he's the better play because I think for Peterson, he's going to have to to find the end zone. Uh, he's not going to get a ton of anything else really. So um, it'll be interesting, I guess. But yeah, just surprise as a contender that, you know, it wasn't any sort of move to be made, but maybe yeah. they felt they had to. You know, I, I was, I had like two Todd Gurley shares that I just been hanging on to so tight. And I was hoping maybe they, you know, dust the like the, like the undertaker just like dust the coffin off and he breaks through and it's todd Gurley season but you know you know a shitty thing that happened to me and this is this this is relevant so i had adrian peterson on a dynasty roster until like two weeks ago and oh, i was like all right i gotta drop adrian and i don't even know who i picked up that's how bad it is i i don't remember who i picked up so I picked up this guy off the waivers. I dropped Adrian Peterson, and then look at what happens. Adrian gets picked up. I don't really need a running back, but it's one of those things like I could have been value. I could have traded, but I didn't think Adrian was going to get signed at any point. Like I did not think that was going to happen. I think even with injuries, like all the injuries that we've had this year, and he went for like 850 bucks a fab this because we had a thousand fab, and this guy blew all his load on Adrian Peterson, and I'm just <laughs> oh, like, geez. man, it's graphic now. What, what could he have? traded me for adrian peterson if he was willing to give up that and it really one of those things it just sucks so i understand you holding on to Gurley. i get it i understand it because i held on to peterson for as long as i could can't no more though that was his that was his shot for me that was his that shot, was his shot. Yeah. i don't know who, where else he would go um all right uh more of a positive note here more of a positive <laughs> note so we talked about some worrisome players and again touching back to why we do that and why we talk about, you know, being concerned because I think that's the harder move sometimes in fantasy is determining what to do with your roster when it's not looking good or a player's not performing well. So I think that discussion's a better one to have than like go trade for this guy because he just scored this amount of points um, in, in, in all of that and go pick up this waiver guy. Like I feel like those are easier conversations sometimes still need to be had, but that's why we talk about the negative stuff, but looking at the positive stuff, uh, I want to throw this out there. 
who who's a guy to you, Kevin? I got I got my guy on the list who I probably talked about already. I think like two weeks ago. But uh, who's a guy that you believe is a league winner this year, and he probably wasn't drafted to be that way? Uh, is there a guy that 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 stands out to you that is just probably going to be on a a championship roster or is going to be a big difference maker for fantasy this year. And again, it just really wasn't expected to be to this level. Elijah Mitchell, right. From the Niners. I think that, you know, uh, definitely wasn't expected from some, I have him on a couple of my teams just because of Debbie. I've had him on my roster for a while. So I, I got lucky. I wasn't that smart. I just had him on my roster. So I do think that he's out there. He had 16 points. He had 19 points against Chicago, as you saw personally while you're watching that oh, game. God. He scored he scored Tore back to back touchdowns a year. I mean, Tore he's good. Yeah, I mean, in that system, and I don't even think it's the running back. It's the system. Like, let's be real. It's the system. And he's fine running back. I don't think he's ever going to be – if he went anybody else, it wouldn't be like something that I would be happy with. I think in that system, he's there. I do think Wilson coming back, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that kind of plays out. But I still think Elijah, based on where he went, he's a solid running back one slash two right now, like a low-end running back one, running back two. And based on his ADP, I mean, he, he got picked up on waivers. So I, I like him on your rosters. I mean, I like your pick too. But I think, uh, I think this is a good pick just in terms of running back, especially the depth. So small sample size, but the last two weeks, Elijah Mitchell is the RB7, RB7 yeah. um, for the last two weeks here. So he's been killing it. Um, I think he was worth the, the $100 fab that people were getting knocked about. I, I really do, because to get, to get this sort of production, and it looks like it should last, I think says a lot, and I think that's worth the $100 fab in, in, in redraft or even dynasty leagues if he was floating out there. Um, look, looking ahead at their schedule, they play teams like Jacksonville and Minnesota and Cincinnati and Atlanta, and they go and play Tennessee and then Houston. I mean, th there's some really good games for Elijah Mitchell, and I think that he's going to be a league winner because if you went out and, and made the move and you blew, uh, according to some people, all of your fab on a guy, uh, it's going to be worth it. And he, he took a guy that was uh, pretty hyped up in the preseason and Trey Sermon and, and said that, He's going to hold his bag while he goes and plays and runs all over my uh, Chicago Bears. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really with you. I'm really with you on that one, actually. Uh, my guy, I threw him on the show sheet, uh, Michael Pittman. Um, you know what? I'm, I wish I can pull it up, but I I actually tweeted out earlier. And if I can scroll through and find it, I will. But if not, I'm not going to spend too much time trying to get it. But I actually pulled earlier, who do you want? For the rest of the season, and I pulled Michael Pittman, Terry. Oh, I have her here. So Michael Pittman, Terry McLaurin, and Keenan Allen. Who do you want for the rest of the season? And the results right now, I don't have a thousand votes. I have two hundred and seventy-two votes. But <laughs> the, the the results right now, Michael Pittman Jr. actually leads the three forty percent, and then it's McLaurin thirty-five, Keenan Allen twenty-five percent, and we can debate on that but it's interesting to see that people are are really recognizing like this guy is balling out right now um it's that's a close poll and i like that a lot because uh some people weighed in on that but michael pittman jr i looked at the the adp so adp doesn't mean shit at this point of the year but it's interesting to see like what you know what it took to get this guy and what it took back then is the uh he was the wide receiver 43 when it came to to drafting uh wide receiver 11 currently Weeks one through eight, but if we look at small sample sizes, weeks five through eight, he's been the wide receiver six. 
The last two games, he's been the wide receiver for top 10 in receptions and receiving yards. He does get red zone looks. He's got four touchdowns on the year. He's had three games this season with 12, 12, and 15 targets. He's He's been great. He's been great. Um, I, I think we're going to have games where he doesn't get you know that massive target share and they're able to run the ball effectively because Jonathan Taylor is really doing – you know, Jonathan Taylor things this year. But at the same time, I mean, this guy, uh, when people are saying they'd rather have him over Terry McLaurin and Keenan Allen, you know, that might be a hot take for for some, but for others, they, they're they really recognizing that this guy is, uh, is a good asset for fantasy. And he, he was a good trade target. I, I put that out there a couple weeks ago on a YouTube video. Um, and I actually went and I was a man of my word and I actually got him, forgot for who, I think I traded him for like Noah Fant or something in a, in a league where I had Kyle Pitts or something along those leagues uh, uh, in a in a dynasty league. Um, but yeah, Michael Pittman Jr. And you said you are in agreement with that. Yeah, I like Pittman. I think he's a good pickup. I've always kind of liked Pittman there. And it, the biggest worry I had was Hilton, but Hilton's not very good anymore. So as long as that's the case, then I'm okay there. I, I see that. And, you know, uh, Wins and him seem to have a connection. So, hey, if that's the case and they have that connection and they're doing those things, then, hey, yeah, got to give him a shot. I think he definitely can. He's put up some really good numbers and he's consistent. And this is the time that you want to see to break out. So, and and that offense is kind of clicking, I guess, I would say. They're looking for him in the red zone, though. If you're looking for him in the red zone, you're going to score me points. And that's what I'm happy about. So, the red zone opportunities are there. So, give me those red zone, red zone opportunities. All right, on, on a last uh, positive note here, we'll we'll go back and forth. We we whiffed last week. We, we uh, really swung and missed on, on both of our starts of the week. But I will say, not to pat ourselves on the back, we we were really, really good we the were. rest of the weeks, I'm pretty sure. We, we always had at least one guy, if not both of us, hit really well um, on a call. So start of the week, you know, it, it can be it can be an obvious pick. It can be a, a dart throw. It can be a sleeper. Basically, what we, we we do here is we give one start of the week, and and we just feel that this player is going to perform over their projections and, and over expected. So, uh, Kevin, who is your start of the week on, on our bounce back calls here? Jordan Love, baby, going out on a. I'm going to go oh, out man. on a limb here. Limb here. It's uh, if somebody I saw on Twitter said it's Jordan Love season. So I'm all about Jordan Love playing the uh, playing the Chiefs. I think that it could be a good matchup for him. I like him. I did a video on Jordan Love before the season in July, and I said, hey, I broke down everything that he did well in college, and I'm going to tout my horn because I really broke this kid down. I've watched him a while. And I said everything that LaFleur likes to do, there's a reason why he picked him. He does all – he has all the strengths that he likes to do within the offense. He reads the ball well. They're going to lean on play action. They're going to lean on their running backs. He's going to find the open man. And if Devontae Adams is playing – Nothing matters because they're just going to throw his ass the ball. And like, and I really agree that he's going to be there. He reads well. He's got a strong arm. Uh, Jordan Love is going to be just fine in this league. I, I really do believe that. And I think that he's going to – I would temper expectations a little bit this year, this this game. But I do think they're – I think they're confident in him. So I, I do think that he can finish uh, higher than what people think. And so I'm going to go with Jordan Love just because I want to root for him. I, I'm rooting for this kid because, man – sports fans are fickle, but so are people on Twitter and people in social media and they just want to hate. And like, I really want to see this young kid succeed, especially with all the trash news we've had this week. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm a softie. I'm getting old, but I do want to see him succeed this week. And uh, he might be a starter for more than one week here because Aaron Rodgers was unvaccinated and he he has COVID. So I think that um, the protocol for that, I don't know the amount of time, but it's not, it's not days. like five days. Is it 10 days? 
Yeah. Uh, so he, I, I guess he could be. He might be back, but it depends be based back. on if he doesn't test again. He might test positive again. But this is a good, good chance for this, for Love. This is a good matchup. This is a good matchup, and a lot of people um, who are kind of casual fans look and say. Uh, well, they're playing the Chiefs, but the Chiefs give up points. The Chiefs give up points, and the Chiefs don't really look great. And I think that uh, having Devonta Adams and Aaron Jones, you know, as is Arsenal, if both guys are 100% healthy, everybody else is kind of kind of gravy at the this point. So it'll be interesting to see. So I looked. ESPN's got them uh, projected at 17.4 fantasy points. So Kevin, are, are we going to say he's going to hit the 20 mark? He'll hit 20. All right, all right, there we go. We'll clip it. We'll clip it if he does. We'll be like, we told all your asses. Jordan Love uh, will Kevin hit 20. Did. Jordan right. Love will hit 20 this weekend, my lock of the week. Lock of the week. I, I, hey, going right off the news, going right off of that news right there. So uh, Jordan Love, uh, my, my guy, not not as, not that that's like a massively hot you know, hot take, but my, my guy's really not a hot take, but he's had some some ups and downs the last, uh, last few weeks, but – uh, I'm going to go back with Brandon Cooks. I'm going to say he's ha- have another big game. I think Ty- is, is Tyrod Taylor the starter? Do you, do you have any sort of knowledge on that? Because he's projected to be this week. But I didn't know if that meant, you know, I don't know. I don't know because I I was looking earlier. Not not that that, you know, changes my call right now. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the projections and they have him projected points and Davis Mills not projected points, which I, I thought so he practiced. Weird. So apparently he's been practicing for a week and he's expected to play this week. Interesting, because Davis Mills had a he had a good game last week. He had a real good game last week. Yeah, I mean, threw over three hundred yards and seventy six point three completion percentage against the Rams. Like he he was decent last week, but might might be Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Cooks had eighteen point two and twenty two point two eight fantasy points with twenty one targets in the two games that Tyrod started. He he didn't finish that that second game. Uh, but even even with uh, with Davis, if if Davis Mills is back in, he's had weeks of 20.7, 17.9, 20.3 fantasy weeks. And now I look at the Miami matchup. So Miami has given up the most passing yards this season. So good team to, to plug and play wide receivers against. They actually have given up the second most points per game to the wide receiver position for fantasy. So the matchup's very juicy. So give me 10 Brandon Cook targets, and he's going to score uh, 20 I'm going to say 20 as well, fantasy points. So we're going to go Jordan Love 20, and I'm saying Brandon Cooks 20. Against like against it. the defense, that just j- just gives up those sort of points. So, um, Kevin, any any uh, any pushback on, on Cooks? I know it's not a hot take to say Brandon Cooks is going to do good, but it's been one of my uh, guys. You know, no, Brandon Cooks my dude. I love Brandon Cooks. Uh, we had a free Brandon Cooks. I, I, really like, I would really like to see him on a roster uh, – with a real good quarterback. Uh, I wish he would stop getting traded and I want him to go somewhere else uh, to a, to a real, a real, a real spot. I mean, could you imagine with the Rams right now? Uh, could you imagine like with the, with these guys there, but I think he can, and he's the wide receiver one on the team. If Tyrod comes back, now we're looking at it. If Mills is there, I have full confidence Mills. I think Mills is going to be a backup quarterback in this league for a long time. So I, I I'm comfortable with both those guys. My buddy, uh, John McGlynn just texted me and said that Mills is starting. So, um, even with that, he's coming off a hot okay. game, and Miami again gives up a ton of yards uh, in the air and, and, and good points to uh, to wide receivers. So yeah, we'll have to reflect back, and hopefully, we combine for over ten fantasy points this time. But I think we'll be okay. I, I really think we'll be okay. Um, Kevin, any 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 closing closing thoughts? Uh, anything coming up uh, you want to discuss? 
before we, we, we finish this podcast up? Uh, you know, no, not really. Just uh, enjoy the games, have some fun, be sure to hang out with your family this week. And uh, remember, hey, families are more important than football, so just enjoy that. And, hey, just a heads up, you know, the Cowboys are, are one of the best teams in the NFC. Just wanted everybody to know that. So, Cowboys are – it's our year. I feel it. We're a oh, team man. of destiny. We're a team of destiny right that now. That Cooper so, Rush guy looked all right. I, I'll take him. You know what? Better than last year, freaking Danucci's ass throwing a sidearm underneath 20 yards. So, I will take Cooper Rush. Dak coming back. Zeke looks great. Cooper, CD, give me all that, even though some people think CD is not very good. Analytics, can't trust them. Oh, of course, of course. And uh, Chicago Bears play the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in a game that uh, will pull the upset after um, giving up that stupid <laughs> loss to the uh, 49ers. Hey, it feels look good. He so, did. He did. A lot, of people, a lot of people still kind of pu- pushing back, but Boy, he looked good. He looked good. That's fine. Um, fi- final note, Hart uh, goes out to the, the family impacted by the, the Henry uh, Ruggs incident. Um, yeah. Terrible, terrible news this week and don't want to get political about things or get too deep into something that is outside the world. But um, that's just terrible. And at the, the end of the day, don't don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. Um, impacts just just tons and tons of people every year and uh, affects not just the people that are involved, but everybody in their circle in general. So heart goes out to that family. It's, it's terrible news. Um, hope, hope the, the book is laid on him. That's all I have to say without getting too, too far into things. But um, uh, thank, thank you guys for tuning in, whether it was live iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, really appreciate it. You can always turn the live notifications on on my Twitter account. You won't miss a thing, but uh, yeah. Uh, good luck with your, your week nine matchups for fantasy your home league's game this week if they're not on bye, and uh, enjoy the rest of your guys' week.